0: I could have, though, something undefined can walk away welcome everybody to dad talk today I'm your host Eric Carroll thank you so much for being here we have an amazing podcast lined up for you today we are a podcast that talks about all things fatherhood. Before we start, please make sure to visit all of our social media websites, our podcast links, rate, review, subscribe, and help us towards the calls that we are trying to do here today. And no matter what you're going through today, Dad, we hope that this podcast leaves you inspired with your head held high. Keep fighting, and tomorrow you will find progress. Stay cool. Stay, Dad. This episode brought to you by www.dadtalktoday.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dad Talk Today. I am your host, Eric Carroll. And as always, we've got another amazing episode lined up for you. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors because without them, this show would not be possible. We are sponsored by the Isaac Law Firm, the Clock Law Firm, Upstream Growth Consultants, the Father's Rights Movement, and the house champ, Yahya McLean. He's got his title now. Let him help you get yours. Two-time world champion and former son-in-law of Muhammad Ali. Anyway, guys, I hope you're doing well. Have you followed us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Anchor? Uh, I'm sure I'm leaving something off. But we're on all of them, especially Facebook, guys, where you can get these interviews as soon as they come out, as well as we got a TV show. And if you would like to help out our podcast, you can join us and become a member at patreon.com slash dad talk today or maybe you would like to get some cool dad talk today merchandise shop.threadmob.com slash dad talks i hope you're doing well and amazing this week and i hope this interview helps you in some way guys keep making steps towards progress and you will get there stay cool stay dad if you're a mom stay mom (laughs) whatever it is we are glad that you are here and we hope this podcast has helped you in some way Without further ado, here comes our podcast, and we will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dad Talk Today. I am your host, Eric Carroll, and tonight I am pleased and honored to be joined by Dwayne Robert from the DSD, Dad Surviving Divorce Podcast. Dwayne, what's going on, my man?
1: Not much, Eric. Thanks for having me on. I've, I know we've been talking about this for a long time. I, I really enjoyed having you on uh, the couple times I had you on my program, and uh, thanks
0: for inviting me on yours. Yeah, brother. So for anybody that doesn't know, Dwayne's been doing this for the past three and a half years, and he's actually got a really successful podcast over there on YouTube. You got right at, what is it, 25,000 subscribers?
1: Just about. I'm at like 24,930 something. So getting closer Uh,
0: every day. Awesome, brother. So Dwayne, (laughs) tell us a little bit about how you got into this, man, and uh, what made you want to start this podcast?
1: Well, you know, Eric, I mean, I think like, like a lot of us on this, uh, we get blindsided oftentimes when we start this. Now, my story's not quite as bad as some, some you know, as it's progressed on. I've been doing, been involved in uh, dealing with this for like the last eight years. Uh, like you mentioned, I started uh, the channel a little over three years ago. And what I noticed when I was starting out with this was the lack of really good information to help you deal with the emotional side of this. I mean, most of the time when you talk to somebody, they say, "Oh, it'll get better." You know, uh, coupled with you know, the guy always gets hosed. You know, you know, you're not going to win. It's going to be horrible. And you know what I noticed on that is that that's not really great information. Then you start searching around online, and you find stories of people who are rightfully so bitter and angry. And again, that's not really helpful. Whenever you're seeing somebody whose life is in turmoil and and not you know, with no clear image out of it. And I was thinking back then when I was looking for answers that there's got to be some some information out there from a from a guy's perspective that helps somebody understand that yes, you can get through this. This will be the most difficult, traumatic experience that you've you've ever had in your entire life. It will be the most gut-wrenching. And, that, and I don't care whether everything works out, whether you ultimately get you know, the custody you want and the, and the relationship with your kids you want. It, it feels like somebody ripped your heart out at the beginning of this. And without a, a clear message of someone saying, look, it's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay because this is how it plays out. And this is what you can do to minimize it. And this is how you know you go from point a to point b to really take your life back cuz that was my problem eric i don't know about for you but when someone would say well you know it's going to turn out this way and it's like well how how is it ever going to get better it's not going to get better i mean i i got some you know my life has been destroyed my relationship with my kids has been negatively affected my retirement's gone my pension's gone my savings is gone i mean everything is just bad after bad after bad and it's like from the struggle I had with that is how do you look at that and say, oh, okay, my life is going to be okay. Now, I can say now after going through this, it, it will be okay. It's, your life won't be the way you expected it to be you know, before this started. That illusion you have, not that, that illusion, let's say that, that idea that you had in your head before isn't really going to be there, but that doesn't mean your life's over. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be catastrophic. And as a result of that, I went through this, and whenever I finally started feeling better, working on myself, working with a therapist, and really taking a step back and trying to figure out how to do things better, when I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I have a story to share to help people. That's when I started this. That's what. That's how this whole thing basically started. And, and to really caveat it, Eric, what I'll say is I was thinking about how dark it was for me, how those dark days were. And I was like, you know what? Maybe if somebody can find a silly video that I've made at two o'clock in the morning, when, they've, when, when they see, you know, they're at their lowest and things look the darkest, maybe that might be just a little bit of the light that would help them make it to the next day and make it to the next day. And I don't know how many people over the course of the three and a half, almost four years I've been doing this channel, where that's exactly what I've been able to, to help people do is, is see that there is light out of it to, to get through it. And then they'll come back to me later and say, you saved my life or, or, you know, I could have, I never would have
0: anticipated that things could get better. And I was the whole catalyst for it. Hey man. And you know, that's a great feeling when you hear that what you're making and you're putting your passion into has helped somebody else. You know, Dwayne, I go back to my divorce and one of the things I think a lot of us have probably went through, we feel like uh, nobody can understand what I'm going through. I'm the only one that's got these type of problems. And then being a man, we don't talk very openly oh about God, no. divorce. We just try to wear it around like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. But I have to say, if you're a person that loves your family, okay, maybe it didn't work out with your wife or your husband, whatever. And you were used to coming home every day to that house with your spouse with your kids and making supper and doing the, the, you know, the usual. And then one day that's just gone. And now the kids are going back and forth and you're sitting in your bedroom where you once had your spouse, the house that you're usually hearing the kids run around that used to get on Mm -hmm. your nerves. Now you're grieving over it. They're not there one of the hardest experiences that we can go through. And then society has told men, you know, I know it's a hard process for everybody, but it's kind of told men, uh, you need to just suck it up and and go on. And it it doesn't just work that way, man. Divorce is a process. And that's a really hard thing to get over. Don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think one of the, the other issues with, with it is, is that it's like what you just said, Eric, I mean, you know, we're taught as men to not show your emotions, to, to, you know, have a stiff upper lip, to get over it, to suck it up, all those all those things, right? And and I will say that, you know, when I started what I was doing, I mean, I knew that it's like, you know what, I'm kind of hanging myself out there, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm putting my, my, my man card out there and not exactly, you know, putting it out, you know, acting the way I would, or right? I mean, the, the normal thing is once you get through this, and this is the bad part, I think, is, is oftentimes when someone gets through this, they don't want to deal with it anymore, right? they're done and they haven't healed from it. So they don't want to talk to anybody else about it because it triggers their thing. And they just put it, they put it in a box, they put it under, you know, they put it in the garage behind the, you know, behind the tools and they don't really deal with it. And, and the problem is, is whenever you're, like you said, man, when you're sitting there devastated in your house, well, I, I, I mean, I can relate to this, you know, eight years ago when I moved into the place I'm in right now, I had nothing, nothing on the walls, no furniture. It was just a big echoey box all by myself. And when, you know, at at first you can, you can grapple with that, but then when you're dealing with a toxic uh, spouse or soon, you know, soon to be ex, so to speak, and they're running a, you know, they're smearing you. They're, they're basically throwing out all these allegations about how horrible you are, how abusive you are. And you're like grappling with everything that you held dear is erased in an instant. You know, I mean, it, like you're saying, you know, one day you're the, you know, your, your family is there and that's your future. The next day you're fighting to see your kids. You know, I mean, my situation, I, I mean, I, at least I did get to see my kids so I was taking them to work. But I mean, I went through the, the, as soon as we got close to court, the unilateral decisions that I've decided that, that, you know, you no longer, you know, it's killing the kids for you to see them for dinner visits. So you can't see it. You and I both know that that's strategic for court right? That has nothing to do with the best interest of the kids or to try to help everything out. What this is, is it's a tactical advantage to get, a, to get the most amount of time, to, to squeeze the most amount of money and resources out of the system. And when you're dealing with that and you're watching everything, and I know everyone listening tonight has dealt with it, man to woman. I mean, this is anybody who's a target of a toxic person goes through the very, a very similar thing. Your entire world is obliterated your future is up in shambles, and you're, you're not sure which way to go. I mean, and I think it's unfortunate, and not, and not all divorces are like this, right? I mean, not, you know, there are some people who can say, okay, you know what? We're not getting along. Uh, we're going our separate ways, but how do we do this in the best possible way to minimize the damage to our
0: kids? Keep it away everybody, from lawyers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the problem, I mean, I, I hear that a lot, right? I mean, and, and that's true. If you're dealing with it and you're dealing with a normal, you know, emotionally normal and healthy person, lawyers is a bad way to go. As soon as you involve them, it, you know, their vested interest is to keep things going as long as possible to extract the most amount of money. And you know, unfortunately, when you're dealing with somebody who's toxic, you, you don't have a choice, right? I mean, you know, I like If you're in a situation where you can't see your kids because someone is the gatekeeper and they're not allowing it. You can try everything in the world to convince them to do otherwise. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to fix that is a court order that says you get to see the kids. And then you probably, in a lot of circumstances, are going to have to go back to, to push the fact that they're still trying to violate that or Chill's trying to interfere with it. So, uh, unfortunately, when you're dealing with somebody that's toxic, it's, uh, you know, courts, you, you're, you're, unfortunately, court is your only
0: remedy on that. And I have to agree with you. I want to take a second real quick, Dwayne. I forgot to do this at the top of the episode. Dad Talk today is proudly presented to you by our sponsors, the Isaac Law Firm, Upstream Growth Consultants, the Father's Rights Movement, and the newest realtor in the Atlanta market, two-time world champion, former son-in-law of Muhammad Ali, the house champ, Mr. Yaya McLean. And guys, for anybody that's watching this podcast tonight, you have to like, but... Whoever likes and shares the podcast the most will be the winner of a brand new Dad Talk Today t-shirt for helping us get this word out there. I think what we're talking about tonight, Dwayne, is just one of the most important topics and what we're going through. And, you know, most of what we talk at uh, Dad Talk Today is that of parental alienation, which most of the times is a symptom of divorce once we go through divorce. I mean, you don't have to be married to go through that. But sometimes it kind of uh, we, we forget Just like, you know, of course, parental alienation is a big topic, but divorce is just as big, if not bigger, man, because we've got to learn to talk about those feelings and get them out. That single handedly almost just destroyed me, man. I mean, it it seriously almost destroyed me. That person, you're right. You're talking about that smear campaign. And once you go to court, most of the time, that's what it becomes. Who can sling the most mud to get the upper hand in court? And that person that you once said, I love you, too, that you have these children with now becomes your bitter enemy. And the courts and the lawyers actually promote that. Dwayne, have you seen The Marriage Story yet? I have not. That's, I've, no, I haven't. It's on my list. I haven't seen it. Jesus Christ, man. So Netflix just released a documentary called The Marriage Story. If you guys haven't seen it, please go and watch it. And it shows you these two parents who were basically, you know, kind of growing apart from each other. And it looked like two very loving, capable parents, even though they was growing apart, they could have effectively co-parented and did the the whole thing the way it should be. And it shows the mom visiting a lawyer. And she's saying, you know, I want to do 50-50. We don't really need to do child support and stuff like that. She's, oh, no, 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 no. This is what you need to do. This is your rights. Do you know what he's going to do to you? And then she basically just fed into this woman that she needed to just go after the husband. And that, oh, you think it's going to be OK, but once we start this divorce, you got to watch out for this, this, this and this. And then the dad, the same thing. He was going to be very, um, you know, equal about it and go along with it. And then his lawyer, he he tells him everything he wants to hear to get him in there. And then once the oh, yeah. family court happens, he's like, ah, look, you're going to be on the losing end. You just need to go ahead and accept this. And there was one scene in that movie, man, when you see it, it just it hit me so hard. The, the dad and the mom just started going back and forth over what the lawyers were talking about. And the dad just hit the ground. And he first, he just starts screaming, then he busts and just hits the ground. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is such an accurate portrayal of what I'll we've got going it. on.
1: Man. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing is though, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, and I know that's drama uh, dramatized, but I think when you're dealing with the toxic person, they buy into it and they use it to justify it. I get a lot of people will ask me a question. And it's like, well, you know, why did it happen? And I think, unfortunately, when we get to the point, it's, it's because the other person wanted it to be this way. You know, I mean, yeah, you can get caught up in the moment, you know, but if you're caught up in that moment, at some point, it's going to be non at the back of your head that this isn't right, right? This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And you stop. You know, the problem is, is when you're, and I, and I know, you know, some of your guests that you've had on before and that I had the opportunity to to listen to, and I know this star, story is very common, you go into the mind with a mindset thinking that you're dealing you're dealing with somebody who is ultimately going to be normal and it'll stop, right? And with 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 uh, emotionally healthy people who are going through the stress of a divorce, I think you can have that moment where things get really out of control, but then ultimately, you know, you you have a discussion and you calm down and you say this is ridiculous. You know, we're throwing away the kids, uh, you know, um, college fund, and this is stupid. You know, all we're doing is creating an adversarial thing, and and they calm it down. But when you're the, the sad reality is, is whenever you're dealing with somebody who fundamentally is not emotionally healthy, this will last a decade, two decades. I mean, this could potentially, you know, if you're young enough, I mean, your kids can be. Uh, become adults, have their own kids, and that person is still dragging that same victim mentality that you're the abusive one that you've done all this stuff that you're the bad guy and can never get over it. And and I think the, the 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 scary part about that is oftentimes if you don't protect yourself in some ways, you can actually set yourself up. Now I'm not saying that you have to like what you're talking about and I have to see this movie, but you know to 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 go Adversarial, big time, but you do have to protect yourself, right? I mean, you do have to take steps to minimize the damage of what that other person might do, so that you don't get
0: destroyed through the process, right? Does that make sense? Right. I mean, but you know, if, if you got two people that came together and made a child, those two people should be able to come together and co-parent, no matter what might have went on in that relationship. You owe that to your child. Once you put it oh, yeah. in the hands of family court. We know what's going to happen after that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I mean, and, and you made it, you brought up a really excellent
1: point about, and, I, and this is something that I do tell people to be cautious of is, you know, when you go to an attorney, you, one, you want to try to find one that has a good reputation, right? So if you know somebody who says, hey, attorney Bill is a good, a straight shooter, great. Like in my situation, I was very fortunate that uh, the attorney I ended up with, was one of those type of people who would say, look, here's the deal. This is the real, you know, this is the scenario. This is what might happen. This is what probably will happen. This is how much it probably will cost you. And I even had him a few times saying, I don't feel as him, as, a, as the attorney, I don't feel comfortable taking your six to 20, you know, 6000 to $15,000 to do this. And I can't guarantee you, you're going to get what you want. You know, I don't think it's a smart move. If you want to, we'll do it. But you know what I mean? Because you, so many times you get somebody where you go in and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Eric, you want full custody and, and you have good evidence, you know, you have a good uh, documentation that, that she's a horrible person. I can get you full custody and I can make sure you, you don't do this and this doesn't happen. And they're, they're feeding you a, a yarn that isn't real or isn't realistic. You gladly shovel over your money to try to save yourself. And then at the end of the day, when you're broken financially and emotionally, they're like, "Ah, well, we tried. Sorry. You know, I'll send you the last bill. I mean, and it's and you're right. I mean, it's like you're putting your hands in, you're, you're entering a system that doesn't have everyone's best interest at heart, and the outcome
0: very rarely is good. I mean, it's plain and simple, guys. We got some big news for you at the end of this podcast, but what I'd like to ask if you guys got any questions. As it pertains to divorce, put them down there, and me and Dwayne, to discuss them because I think this is a really important topic, guys, that we do not hit on enough. Dwayne, what would you say if you had to put your finger on it? What would you say was the number one hardest thing when it came to you with divorce? The hardest part was the idea that I was going
1: to potentially lose my kids. Uh, the ex had, uh, or, you know, at the time my, my wife at the time um, was saying that she was leaving the state, was taking the kids. And I'm like, oh my God, if they leave, I'll never see them again. I won't be a part of their life. I, I'll be, you know, I'll just be this person and that, that they kind of know, and I won't have an opportunity to be a part of it. And to be honest, Eric, there was a period of time where I thought everything that I thought I was going to lose that I'm like, you know, cuz I had everyone telling me you're going to lose. You're a man, you're going to lose. You know, you should just give up. You should give her everything. You should you should cut your losses. And emotionally, I couldn't handle that, man. I mean, and there was a period of time where when I thought when when the when the defeatist nature, uh, you know, was was taking over, and I would say realistically if I could, if I was to look at it now, then I think I had a pretty good case to not have that happen, but, but I was starting to prepare myself emotionally for it. And I started to get distant with my kids because I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to emotionally handle it whenever the court, you know, locks down the gavel and says that, uh, the kids can, the kids are going to leave the state. Um, I'll get to see them a few weeks in the summer and I was going to send, you know, effectively send her probably all my money and be living, you know, in the back room of, I mean, I, I had a, I had a few friends who are like, man, you can live. I I got a spare room. You can, you can live, you know, you can, you can stay with me. And it was just like, how do you go? I mean, it was like grappling with the loss of the relationship, the loss of the marriage, the loss of the future to think, oh my God, I'm going to end up not having a relationship with my kids financially ruined. What's the point? You know, I mean, it's, it's some dark days, man. It's some dark thoughts when you're like, what am I doing? you know you question your whole life because it's like everything you've, you've worked towards is gone, and it's like you know you, you can get to the point where you're like, well why get up tomorrow because every you know everything that you thought was important was is, is gone. Do you want to say something before I double, before I double tap on no, that? go or? ahead, brother so here's the thing and I, and I mean I, I kind of pitched that up to that's a pretty negative picture. The thing is is that what you realize at least, what I realized, and it was a painful realization. It wasn't something that happened fast. Is you know, you, you get to hit the reset button on your life, you rebaseline it, and you start over. And if you start over in the right way, you start over by healing your healing yourself. And I, and I'll say, my opinion is, for the most part, people for those of us that end up in these really nasty situations, I maybe mean, not everybody, but a lot uh, oftentimes it comes from a childhood of neglect and emotional abuse and you know dark little secrets that you haven't uh, you haven't dealt with so you have this baggage that you know you've uh, brought through life and if you don't fix that if you don't work on that if you don't work on your own emo- emotional well-being and your mental health preferably with a professional or with a coach you know you really risk falling into a dark You know, dark uh, death spiral, and uh, there's also a strong possibility that you will just replicate what you've done before. That you'll find someone else to do the exact same thing with, and I think that's tragic. If we go through these gut wrenching experiences only to do it again,
0: that's that's tragic in my in my mind. So really is, brother. And you know, that's uh, when you're going through that process, and then with a lot of People inside this community are going through parental alienation, and at the same time, you just—oh yeah—don't even want to exist anymore. Man, it's like I don't want to wake up. I don't even want to put my foot out of the bed. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to hear the alarm clock. You lose the will to want to do anything, and we're actually seeing many people fall victim to suicide and and so many other things. That's why we advocate for equal shared parenting as much as we can. Even that—that's not going to take away from the pain of a divorce and some of the baggage that comes along with it, but it would definitely help when we're talking about these family law disputes is, is it's bad enough that you're already losing your home and your family. Okay. Right. But now I've got to go do this big mud thing in court and then add that on top of the process. Then, you know, like I said, parental alienation is just the icing on the cake, but you, you made a really good point when you just talking about coaches and most of the time, a coach or a therapist is a very good thing, but a lot of people go after the wrong coach. And I'm going to tell you who that coach is their name is the rebound. OK, when they get out <laughs> of the divorce, I'm going to go try to find me a rebound and I'm going to get in a relationship. It's going to make everything all good. I'm, uh, I've got somebody that wants me and it's one of the biggest mistakes you can ever oh, make. Absolutely. You don't absolutely. take time to heal yourself before getting in that relationship.
1: No, I, and, and that's kind of what I was hitting at before because w- see, th- what, what happens typically in these things is it, it's, there's like more stuff going on, right? And, and what yeah. I mean by that, it's like most of the time, the reason we end up in toxic relationships is we're trying to heal the childhood wound, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you had issues with your mom and your dad or, or whatever, And you build that same, that's why oftentimes people will say, holy crap, I married my dad or I married my mom (laughs) because it's, it's the same thing. And comfortable uh, there. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it too, right? I mean, you get comfortable in that trauma and you're trying to resolve it. So, and if you don't and you jump into the next relationship and that's a huge risk. And I know that I was, uh, that could easily happen to me. If the the stars would have lined up correctly, where the right person said the right thing um, and could have fit a niche in my mind uh, to, to validate me. So, to, you know, so my validation, my personal validation was being done externally by another person, I would have done happened it. happened to me, brother. And yeah, and I mean, it's, it is so, so common. And it, it's just one of those things it, that, you know, it, it, you have to recognize it. And the other thing I would say on this, and it, though it, you don't feel like you have time, You really do. You really need to take a take a breath and slow yourself down. I mean, the the family court process is it moves at a snail's pace anyways. You know, you need to focus on you, not focus on a new relationship. You need to focus on building the stability in your life based on yourself. Because when you can do that, then everything going forward starts getting better. And and I'll tell you, man, I was a I was spiraling out of control. I mean, a few years into it, I, I just, it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, I had 50-50. I effectively won what I was hoping to have uh, through the court process. I didn't feel like I won. I felt like I completely had been destroyed. Um, now, you're talking about parental alienation and how it's better when it's 50-50. It is, but they're still going to slander you. They're still going to uh, tear down your reputation. Mm-hmm. And what I will, and what I will, you know, for anybody who's starting out new on this, anybody who's, who's uh, been involved in this a while, this will absolutely resonate with them. Typically a toxic narcissistic, potentially, you know, cluster B of the person, you know, of the DSM uh, personality do- disorders, they have a unique ability to very I don't. I'm trying to think of the right word, but but to to slander their target, but in a way that the person who's being triangulated with them doesn't see it. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with my with my own kids, especially my adult kids, about how their mom has never said anything bad about me. But then when you start talking about the nuance of the conversation, there'll be things. It's like, well, wait a minute. Whenever you say these, you know, when these things are being said, how is that not talking bad about somebody? I mean, it's not directly saying you know I, here's the thing i guess what i'm trying to say is a lot of times the other person isn't saying you know your dad's a piece of crap it's very subtle it's like oh i, I it's it's so sad that your dad is, it, you know i just wish he wasn't so angry all the time i just so wish that you guys could have a good relationship because you know because the, the tone of it is is you don't have a good relationship hidden undertones you, you know tones. there's a problem there i mean yeah. i don't know how many times in in my situation where that's exactly what the ex would do. And it, it, was, it was just this, this subtle programming and manipulation. You know, it's like a Jedi mind trick. You know, these aren't the joys you're looking for. It's like your dad is a, is a piece of crap. Your mom never is there. You know, I mean, and, and it's, it's very subtle. And the problem is, is whenever you attack that directly, then in the target's mind, or not a target, but in the person who's being triangulated's mind, it's, it validates it. Oh, that's what that's what mom was saying. You know, mom was saying that the dad is uh, is an angry person or they fly off the handle. Or, you know, oftentimes what happened is they know what their they know what your weaknesses are. They can exploit it by by setting traps and then you walk into it and do it. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is 50-50 is is it, that presumptive 50-50, like what Mark is working on, is phenomenal. And that needs to happen because that starts, that stops or at least. The bleeding of the finances and the time, right? Then you, you get to see your kids, and effectively, whatever you're paying is, and just so people know, just because you get 50 50 doesn't mean there's no child support or alimony. Uh, depends no, on what the, the numbers are. Is. Yeah, I, I'm paying a lot of money, right? I mean, I have 50 50 custody, and I've been paying up until recently until the last two kids are not la- the first two kids dropped off. I was paying enough for the ex to not work, live in a house, have a car, go to the movies you know, chase Pokemon and do whatever, and then have all the day to sit there and, you know, throw rocks at me. But, you know, I mean, and I think part of that is to understand it and then make different decisions, right? I mean, you can, you can be in a 50-50 situation and get alienated from your kids. And oftentimes what happens is, is you unwittingly play an active role in the demise of your relationship with your kids. I was doing it myself. I mean, I was making decisions and, and interacting with my own kids that was damaging my relationship with them. And it was hard to sit there and back off and take a different approach. And I talk about that a lot on my channel about how to do that in a way to where you can start to undo, you know, that
0: groundhog day that's happening over and over again every day. Oh, yeah, man, and you're, you're dead on. And thank you for doing that, okay? Because I think a lot of times we try to paint ourselves as the perfect person in this picture we all oh, make yeah. mistakes and you know there's there's been many times that I've seen like I shouldn't have said that in front of the kids oh yeah you know, oh my god that is their parent and yeah. you know what it's it's natural you're gonna make those mistakes oh my god that's a lot yeah. of what parenting is is making mistakes but when you can realize them and you can go back and say I'm sorry and correct them that's what we're talking about here and I think a lot of times with parental alienation especially the alienator, they can't make that, that distinction. They, they think what they're yep. doing is just completely justified. And you you were yep. exactly right, too. If you ask all the professionals, uh, Dwayne, as you've seen, we've had many of them on here, what mm-hmm. parental alienation is. You'll get many different definitions. But typically, what, what we're talking about with parental alienation is the brainwashing of a child. Whether you yep. got 50-50 or you might even have, you know, they might even only have every other weekend, but if they have any bit of time with that child and can brainwash them and to thinking, Ooh, mom and dad, they might not be doing this. And it's little undertones like Dwayne's yeah. talking about. Yeah. They don't, they don't come right out and say, mom and dad, they're, they're, they're just no good for you. But, well, you know, dad, he could have came and got you today, but he, he decided to stay a little bit longer at work. I think he could have came and got you, but Oh, what his priority
1: is, you know, you know, dad is always really, really, you know, working money. Money's really important to him, you know, but, but it's okay, honey, you know, you're, you're here, you know, you want to, you know, let's go get some ice cream or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's subtle. It is subtle guys. I mean, a lot of people think that it's, it's, it's like you were talking about before. It's that really direct. It is not, it's manipulation. It's guilt. It's shame. Um, it's, you know, parentification of a child to where they're being treated to where they feel like I have to be strong for mommy or I have to, and I mean, there's men that do this too. Um, you know, I have to be strong for my parent. You know, I've had that conversation as with my kids. It's like, no, your job is to be a ch- kid. You're supposed to be a child. You're not an adult. You're not, you know, you don't need to be in the middle of this stuff. Um, but it, it you know, I mean, it's, it's tough, man. And, and Eric, you hit on a really, a, a key point. That, you know, parents, we make mistakes, but when we're in these situation, mistakes are, can sometimes be catastrophic. You know, it's, it's, we, it's like you get into a situation where you can't make mistakes. And the flip side to it is, is you have to play the good parent or the good cop, bad cop, good parent, bad parent. You know, you don't have, you don't have the ability to, to really parent the way you thought you were going to parent in the past or the way maybe you were raised to parent which I think in a lot of ways, to be perfectly honest, I think it makes us better parents if we adapt to it. If we don't, you'll drive your child straight into the arms of the other person, right? You know, I mean, if, if one side of the house is happy fun time and, you know, Disneyland mom or dad, and the other person is, hey, these are the rules, these are the structures. And, you know, when you don't, when you, when you miss a mark, you're punished and you make it like that in your house, you will lose your child you will you will drive them into the arms of the other person because it's too stressful for them. You know, you have to find a way to bridge the gap to where you can have a relationship with your child, to be able to build that connection, that bond and the communication and still provide structure and balance one. it.
0: And it is freaking hard. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do at all. Brother, you just you just brought up something in my mind I remember during my divorce. My kids were a wreck, you know, they were a little bit older so they, they knew everything that was going on and they were having a hard time at school. So I I was, I'm a pretty strict father. I I won't lie about that. I'm really strict about their chores and what they do. But during that time I had became a little lenient and maybe some things were going by that I usually would have said something, but i I thought, man, they've got it hard enough. So I was, I was being a little soft. And I remember like a couple of months after the divorce, I, I noticed is like uh, they're, they're starting to take a little bit of liberties with things they used to wouldn't have. And I've got to do something about it. And I, I forget what they were doing that night. But I was like, stop doing that right now and go clean your room. And they both looked at me like a deer in the headlights. And they was like, yeah. what? I said, go do what I said now. They yeah. go in there. They do it. I went in my bedroom, locked the door, laid on my bed and started crying my eyes out because I didn't want to do that. I knew what they had already been through, but I still had to be dad. At the end of the day, you got to give that discipline while at the same time not being too, too stressful because it's, it's a balance, especially when their life has already been torn up. That was their family. It's gone.
1: Yeah. And, and, and what I'll just say, just to be clear, you know, I mean, I had my own mistakes with that, right? There were times that I blew up and said, said things that, that at the end, you know, after it was over, I'm like, "Oh dear God, why did I do that?" You know, I mean, it's 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 really t- and I, I it's really tough. And my point is is that you're gonna make mistakes. Don't let it destroy you, and adapt from it. Right? I mean, and all I would say, I mean, like in, in what the situation, the scenario you were just talking about. What I always tell people is, if you're in a situation where you have to, um, you have to do that, or you have to ground them, or there's got to be a consequence. You have to leave an avenue open to where you can still do something with your kids, right? So, like, let's say for instance, you know, you're like, okay, you're grounded, you can't, uh, you can't watch TV or you can't play video games. Make sure that there that the, the the consequences is you can't do this, but hey, we can go hi- you know, but we can go hiking in the park. So we're gonna go, you know, we're gonna go walk around the neighborhood, or we're gonna go, you know, or make dinner together or something you know, the too often people fall into that category where they're like, okay, you, you know, you, you, you cross the line, you didn't do it. You're grounded. You go stay in your room and, you know, breathe a minimal amount of oxygen because, you know, you're grounded. And, and what happens is, is they, they go into their room and if they're old enough, they, they're going click to their mom or to the other yeah. parent going, you know, dad, you know, they're so mean. And I don't, why is this? And, and that person is like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. And, It's tough. And, you know, and that stuff's going to happen. You just have to let that one go um, because it's just going to, that's just part of it. But you got to be really careful because um, it'll be definitely used against you. You know, and I would imagine that situation, Eric, probably whenever your kids went back to their moms, uh, they probably complained about, you know, how mean you were and and stuff like, maybe, maybe not. It depends. It depends on how it is. Part of that's going to be is if the other parent wants to hear those stories, Guys, rest assured, your kids will throw you under the bus, not because they hate you, but because they're trying to survive with the other parent. They're trying mm-hmm. to make sure that the other parent is like, oh, it's okay, you know, um, you know, pat you on the back. It's so sad that the other parent's so mean. And it's, it's a survival mechanism from the kid for the kids. And I don't know how many people I've talked to about that where they get, they're so damn hurt when they're basically are effectively thrown under the bus by the other parent But you got to think about what the kid's going through, too. You know, you got to think about the the, the psychological ramifications of this. And when you're dealing with somebody that's super toxic and that's what they're expecting. And the kid is just trying to survive in the middle of that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and mix in the parental alienation dynamic to that. Uh, Not only is dad or mom, whoever's being alienated, going to have a tough time because the kid's being brainwashed. With the discipline and every little thing like that, you know, it's it's just a such a hard layer being added to that because, you know, people say a lot of times, why doesn't the kid just speak out about what's going on? Well, same could be said for domestic violence. Why why aren't they just speaking out when somebody's beating them? You know why? Because there could be grave consequences for them speaking out. Oh yeah. All right. They would rather betray you if you're being a a you know legit level-minded parent, then that mean bully over there, that's going to get them if they don't, you know? And, well, uh, and,
1: a, and a lot of times kids don't understand the dynamic of it and they think they that it's in a vacuum, right? If they're yeah. telling the other parent how bad you are, they're not expecting that, 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 that fabrication or that uh, exaggeration is being, is being used that way. You know, I, and, I, and I say that from experience, you know, I mean, I mean, there were times where that stuff happened and it hurt. You know, instead, like what, Eric, what you were just talking about was exactly the way I felt. I'm like, what, how could, how could they do that? How could they say that? How could they, you know, uh, by, by omission, I mean, there's a few things that happened throughout the course of my situation where I was just completely flabbergasted. I'm like, how in the world could my kid do that to me? Well, they didn't know I was going to find out. They were just trying to survive the situation. The other parent wants to hear that, that, uh, you know, that they don't like it at your place, that they're scared. I mean, for instance, I'll roll the clock back on my situation where, you know, in the court, if I remember correctly, I mean, so anybody, this could be, I could be remembering this wrong, but there were times where I would hear that, uh, you know, my, my, one of my kids was throwing themselves against the door, begging to not go see me. uh, And I knew it was happening and they would run into the truck and, you know, as soon as he drove away, it was like, Hey dad, how's it going? You know, but what, what ended up in the court documents? That I was abusive and the kids were so scared that they were begging their mom to save them from me. But when they were with me, they were perfectly fine, right? So they were, telling, they were telling the other person what they wanted to hear, not with no idea. I mean, the kids don't, most of the time, the kids don't understand that what they're saying is being put into court documents to be brought in front of a judge to try to use to demonstrate that you're a piece of crap and should be protected from the kids. They don't know that
0: right. most of the time. I want to get into a different topic, Dwayne. Uh, yeah. This is one that I see a big, big mistake that I think just about all of us have probably done at one point in time. Uh, maybe not all of us, but I would say probably the majority is reliant on our kids to give messages to the other parent. Like, I'll come and get you next Tuesday. Let your mama know at this time. And then they get thrown in the mix of going back and forth. Big, big no, no. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. See, that one's a tough one because it, 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 well, right off the bat, don't use your kids as go-betweens, you know? Um, now the, the problem is, is if the other person treats you like you don't exist, you know, it, it I mean, like, I to be perfectly honest, my ki- my youngest kid that's under family court is 14. Uh, mm-hmm. We're at the point now where pretty much everything is, is coordinated through the kid, you know? I mean, um, but part of it is school functions and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, even to the point where I find out like med- uh, dentist appointments, because the ex takes them to the dentist appointment, I either find out because I get a bill from the dentist or the kids will say to me, oh, I went to the dentist. There's no sharing of information. But but Eric, you're right. I mean, what you want to do is you want to work towards a scenario where you're not using the kids as go-betweens. I don't know how many times that uh, that was happening in my situation. And I, and I would like, look, you're wanting to do this it's not your, to my child, it's not your job to ask the question, tell your mom to send me an email. The problem is, is I'm saying, tell your mom, it's not a problem, just have her send an email. Well, I've already said it's okay, right? I mean, it's, and it's a bait, right? Because you're you're in that situation, you're in a lose-lose situation, right? Because if I say, I'm not answering your question until your mom asks, which you could do, but then it's like, you know, your kid's in the middle and now you're not solving the problem. You're making them go back to the other person to go back and forth. Anyways, my point is this. Whatever you do, try to make sure that you you have written in your court order that our family wizard or two households or one of those systems is the the way for transferring information for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's a separate system. They can't turn around and say, oh, my email doesn't work because if you're dealing with a toxic person, they will have the most amount of email problems ever, ever in the history of the world. They will be the only, you know, I think all of our exes have the worst email in the world and their phones are always busted. Texting doesn't work, whatever, right? So at least it's another system to where the courts can look into it and stuff like that and, and try to force it, right? I mean, if your kid's saying something, if your kid comes up to you and says, hey, daddy, mommy wants to know if, um, if I can... uh Uh, you know, there's a sleepover on your weekend and I really want to go with my friend and you just say, Hey, honey, um, you know, uh, not, you know, just have your mom send me an email about it. Right. And you got to be really careful because you don't want to say, sure, honey, it won't be a problem. Just have your mom send me an email because they may not send an email because you already gave the answer. Right. And it's, it's a tough one. Uh, and, and you got to be really careful because I'll tell you the other, Eric, the other thing that'll happen on this is the X will bait you into that situation and then you'll use the kids to, cause that's the only way that's working. You'll use the kids on it. And I guarantee you that will end up in the court documents that you are using the kids to, to transfer information.
0: Are you saying right? anything that you do or say can and will be used against <laughs> you? Yeah. <laughs> Even so at bad. a con- I mean, and, and the sad part is, is well, as
1: you, as most everyone watching this knows, I mean, it doesn't matter what you say or do, they're going to spend something out of it. You do everything right, you're going to, the story is going to be that it's wrong. And, you know, so you just got to focus on your own truth, keep yourself as calm as possible, focus on building the relationship with your kids and keeping things as stable for them as much as possible, and ride through the storm, you know. And uh, unfortunately, when you start going through the family court drama, uh, if you somehow are painted in a picture or the, or the court thinks or the judge thinks that you don't have the credibility uh, or, or that whatever the other person is saying, it seems that way, you're going to undermine your own, your own case and, uh, and then bad things happen, you know?
0: So- So, Dwayne, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out. Like I said, I've been a guest on Dwayne's show twice now, had a really good time. But we've actually got a couple of DSD fans up in the house that's saying Dwayne is the best. Dylan and Kami, thank you for being here and seeing Dad talk today for the first time. I'm going to tell you, this man right here, I've got a lot of respect for. He's He's definitely, he got us over on the show and promoted us. We're doing the same thing. And this is the unity that we talk about a lot over here on the platform. But also I want to touch on something that somebody said, Dwayne, Luis Sanchez, uh, one of our top fans over here at the podcast. He said, before this podcast, I thought I was the only one that went through this. We all thought that at one point, didn't we? Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, it, it's, it's, crazy how, it, it's crazy how much learning that you're not alone and that there's ways through this, it helps you, right? I mean, I think we all know people have been through, like I, I can think back in my, uh, on, on my thing. I mean, we all know that there's bad divorces. I mean, hell, my parents went through a nasty, you know, it was a nasty, horrific divorce. But when you're in the, in the first part of it, you feel so alone and you feel like, like, my God, you know, my reputation has been completely smeared. These are, there's lies being said about me. I can't defend myself because no one believes me. Every time I try to say something to defend myself, people just look at me like I've grown a third head. And it's really, it's really isolating. I mean, again, Eric, that's one of the reasons, main reasons why I created the, my channel was to try to help people feel like they're not alone. And, and I mean, on, on my thing, I know it's called DSD, which is short for Dad Surviving Divorce, I'm basically talking about my story, but uh, m- uh, my audience is basically 50 50 um, men and women. So and a lot of times it's it it's more women than men. I mean there's a lot and of people here, that are, brother. there's a lot of people that are going through toxic situations and just being railed through the system. And and there's the stereotypes that, that everyone gravitates towards. And then whenever you're in the middle of it going, you know, living this this nightmare, I mean, it is a nightmare, it, it, you're just you feel lost and alone. And again, with what we were talking about earlier at the top of the program. You know, a lot of the initial stuff you find is very angry, bitter, you know, people not with any solutions, basically just reinforcing that message that, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your kids. You know, everyone's going to hate you. I mean, it's, it's like, it doesn't help, you know, it, it's not, it's not helpful to see information that's just reinforcing, you know, not that there's, you know, not that, that you're going through something that's common, but that you're going to, that there's no escaping it. Right, I mean, and I think that just you know you start building on that, and you start. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, to where it's like, oh my God, this is going to be horrible, and then it is horrible. Then it gets getting worse, and then you make mistakes, which make it worse because you're so stressed and uh, angry and, and tired that you're not thinking straight, and you make mistakes that are catastrophic. Whenever you're going through this, when someone is basically just poking you know boop, poking you in the eye, trying to get you to respond, and then you know you get protective orders and and
0: all the other crap that goes on with that. Dwayne, I got a question for you from somebody here in the audience. Luis Sanchez, again, he said, uh, dealing with a difficult parent, is it a good idea to record the pickup and drop off of our children? And can we use this video in court? Okay, so I'm not an attorney, right? Nope. But
1: And uh, and I. And I'm, so here's the thing. Different states have different uh, legal ramifications as uh, what, what's legal. Right. And letting I mean, them some know that some, you're recording them. Yeah. Some states are two-party consent states where, you know, you have to, both people have to say, yes, I'm okay being recorded. Uh, some states it's one, you know, only one person, ha- you know, like you have to say it. Uh, so I would say double check with your attorney to find out what's um, important. You know, if you're being, if false allegations are going on, I, again, first thing is talk to your attorney to make sure what exactly you can do in your state. There's a possibility that they might say, you know what, go pro everything or record everything, because if you get accused of doing some, you know, domestic violence or something, it, you know, I mean, yeah, you might get in trouble for that, but it might keep you out of jail criminally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to talk to, to an attorney on it. I mean, don't just, don't just start recording everything. Um, and, you know, I mean, especially you don't want to be like, hey, I'm recording, I'm recording this, you know. And, and I would say, if you are doing something like that, again, check with your attorney, but treat it like an insurance policy, right? Don't be sharing it. Don't be showing everyone in the neighborhood, you know, what's happened, what's said. Uh, you know, you keep that information between you and your lawyer so that you're using it in an appropriate way. Because if you're doing anything wrong, uh, there's a case that uh, a friend of mine who runs Our Nevada D- Judges has been uh, following going on in Nevada where one of the things that the guy, the dad, was getting in, in trouble with, and the guy made a tremendous amount of mistakes, was he recorded his his um, ex in a two-party consent state, and then was sharing the information, and they prosecuted him criminally for a wiretap fraud, you know. And I and I know he ultimately is going to jail for that, but I mean, you got to be really careful, right? I mean, so check with an attorney, see what you can get, you know, what what's okay. And if and if the attorney says, you know what, if you're doing it in a public place, if you put a GoPro on your car and you record everything, that's perfectly fine, then that's great. But just be
0: really careful of that. That's right, my man. So somebody just said something in the chat down here, and I've got to get down to the bottom of it, Dwayne. Uh, He's one of your fans over at DSD. He said, Dwayne DSD Robert on Dad Talk Today, just not a live stream without the boop. Can you give me the history behind the boop? It seems like there's something here with that word and I want to get down to the bottom of it. All right. So
1: sometimes when I'm doing a live stream, I have a tendency to get a little animated. And uh, one thing I'll talk about is how, how uh, your ex will poke you in the eye. And typically when I go and when they go to poke you in the eye, they take their bony little finger and they go boop right in the eye. And that's so, so the funny part is on my channel membership, um, Uh, YouTube has a channel membership thing that where you can, you know, to support a channel, you can be a member. So my little icons to show your little level of whether you're a new member or or been a member for a month or six months or a year is different colored little fingers with the word boop over it. But that's where the boop came from. I've had people ask me to make shirts with that. I just haven't done it yet, but that's where the boop comes from. Well, and I mean, it's a funny way to talk about it, but realistically, I mean, the the seriousness of it is, is our exes do, do exactly that they take it, they, they're pushing your buttons, they're poking you in the eye, trying to get you to respond, right? I mean, it's right. one of those things where like, if I come up and I'm poking you in the chest and you finally go, God dang it, Dwayne, you know, knock it off. And then I go, oh my God, Eric, what's your, man, calm down. What's, what's wrong? Why? Are, I mean, oh my God, I, you, know, you scared me, you know? And it's like, they're, they're provoking a response. And if you take the bait, they'll use it. And that's what it is. I mean, it, so it's a, it's a funny way to try to illustrate that point. So hopefully my, my thought process is, is that, you know, if if one of the viewers is 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 dealing with that situation and their ex is poking them in their eye, maybe they'll they'll have that little vision of me, you know, doing this stupid little bony little finger boop right in their eye to try to maybe calm them down a little bit to where they don't take the bait, to take a to, to ultimately take a breath, recognize that hey, I'm trying, you know, they're trying to provoke me, they're trying to get me to respond. And if I respond, they win. So I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to their their craziness. Like I know I've responded to mine. I've made my own share of mistakes, um, because unfortunately, most of the time, they will use that. You know, they'll you know do a protective order. They'll say you're violent. They'll you know try to try to use that for uh, supervised visitation, and then and you put it out there. You're like going, holy crap! How is this going to be? Uh, how is this going to be received? Um, or am I going to be, you know, is is, are, is the message going to be heard or is it not? Is this is this not going to help? And uh, I just kind of, you know, just started and just kept growing. And and you know, when I when I would get little pokes in the eye about you know my technique or whatever, instead of getting uh, upset or whatever, I would just take a take a mental note and try to improve and continue to uh, to you know put out something
0: that would uh, that would help somebody. That's been the catalyst on this. That's been the driver. That's awesome, brother. So, we've got a Me Too movement going down in the comments. Facebook's been acting a little funny here lately, and we're catching a little bit of video lags. And hopefully, everybody will get back in here because I want to talk about something. Dwayne, how, how important is unity, unity with what we've got going on? We need numbers if we're ever going to see some change when it comes to family law and family court and parental alienation, equal shared parenting. What would you say about unity? Is it important that we utilize that between all of the podcasts that we've got going on? Man, it,
1: you know, you can't under understate the importance of that. And, and I, and I, <sighs> unity is critical. Right. And, and, and I think part of the problem is, and I, cause I've, I've seen that. E- I, okay. I've seen this. I've okay. I've even struggled with this on my thing. When I see people, you know in the in the comment section or i got a discord server and they're like hey you know this other channel is is he- you know this information is good and helping right and some people will be like hey don't be talking about other people's stuff in my you know this is my thing don't be promoting other stuff now i don't want people promoting you know i don't want someone else coming in saying hey you know bombarding the audience with their own stuff but but the thing is is that whenever everyone is focused on just their own thing the message gets lost Right. I mean, if I'm sitting, well, here's the thing, Eric, I mean, a good way to look at it is when I first found you, um, you know, you got a small YouTube channel. I mean, I'm not super big, but um, I could have looked at it and said, you know, who the hell is this guy to be getting these interviews that I wanted to get? You know, that ain't right. But that's not what I did. What I said is I'm like, holy cow, Eric is doing something that's pretty freaking amazing. It's something I wanted to be able to do, but I wasn't able to pull off. He's doing it. You're getting interviews that I thought were phenomenal. And I'm like, and instead of being you know, like, Hey, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see this guy. I reached out to you and I didn't ask you to come on. I didn't ask to come on your channel. I said, Hey dude, you know, you don't know me Here's, You know, I'm Dwayne. I have this channel. Check it out. I would love to introduce my audience to you on what you're doing. And the thing with the, you know, when we're fractioned, it's, well, let me, let me back up. You know, you, you, everyone is aware of, you know, the uh, divide and conquer, right? Easiest way to defeat an enemy. You you go through, you divide the, the support, and you, you know, you make them an enemy against themselves. So instead of instead of a hundred people all working together for a goal, you now have two, you know, two groups of 50 people working towards similar goals, but at the same time, those people are attacking each other. So the other person or the the opposition on the other side is sitting there laughing because we're doing the work of undermining ourselves, uh, you know, without even their help. I mean, they're able to just push some little buttons to try to get things going, but unity is key, man. And if anyone really wants change on this, it's going to take, it's going to take everybody working together. You know, I mean, if, if people aren't coming together to bring the resources, what they can do, uh, you know, to, to the party, it's not going to get anywhere. You know, I, and and I and I know we have talked about this uh, before and at different times, but the time is now to to start working together. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own idiosyncrasies. Everyone has their pluses and minuses. But if we really want change in this, I mean, if we really want you know in the future for another child, I mean, we'll just roll it down to the child for another child not to have to deal with this this nightmare. We have to stop playing games and start working together to, to really make change. And we, and we have to do it in a way to where we're not being divided. We have to do it in a way to where we're not undermining our own decisions. I mean, I think that's been the hardest part about a lot of the, the movements, like even the men's rights movements, is that, and, I, and I, maybe, I'm gonna, maybe I'm missed talking on this, but it's so easy to take what's said out of context to where people don't even take it seriously. Right, mm-hmm. So with what you're doing, Eric, if you can bring multiple people together and, and, and bridge that gap, that's key. That is, And that is what's really going to be the catalyst to get, here's the thing, to, to, let me finish the thought, to get other people on board. And the, the thing is, what I'm going to say is that here's the thing, people who are going through it, we're talking to a captive audience, right? We all understand what we're going through. We all understand each other's story and we don't have to go into a lot of detail because we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that happened to me too. I get it. But to get everyone else to get the other people to listen, who you know to to really say, "Hey, this is a problem, you're not going to do that unless you have a unified message
0: that doesn't that isn't easily ripped apart. does that right? I mean, you following what I'm saying? Oh yeah, brother, and that's that's one of the things that caught my eye with you very early on. Dwayne reached out to me, he was very nice, inviting. Brung me over there. I've been on his show twice. He even took me behind the scenes, showed me how he grew his YouTube show and what the statistics was looking like, gave me a lot of pointers. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, when you very first hear about it, you're a little bit skeptical because I'm not going to lie. We've only been at this five months and we've got a lot more traction than people that has been there in there for years. And I'm sure it it hasn't made us friends basically, but then again, it should make a lot of people happy because anytime we get movement with what we've got going on here, that's good for the movement, you know. Well,
1: and I, you know, Eric, and, and you know what I was saying earlier about people bringing extra skills to it. I mean, we talked offline, and I'm not sure how much you've talked about it on your thing, but, but I mean, your perfect, you know, your your career is promoting. You know how to promote. You know right. how to do that. I don't know how to do that. That's the reason why, you know, I mean, I know technical stuff. I know how to speak, that's right? I, I mean, I've done that in my I don't professional. Know the yeah, but but I don't know how to do the promotion stuff. So that's why three and a half years later down the road, I got twenty five thousand people instead of one hundred twenty five thousand people. Right? I mean, so it's like we we need to work together to bring the the skill sets we have. I mean, you have attorneys, you know, you have uh, you know you know a therapist and you know PhDs that that you're working with. I mean, everyone has their their thing. If we're coming together and all helping each other, you know, helping each other build our voice. It's also going to help get the message out there. You um, know, I mean, and, and I think part of the problem is a lot of time, and I get it right. A lot of times people are using this as their career and they're making money and it's like, Hey, well, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to help, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, honestly, Eric, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't looking for anything from you. I wasn't even looking to be on your show. I mean, when you mentioned it, the I think when you mentioned it the first time, Hey, you need to be on there. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, it's been what a couple months. I mean, yep. I wasn't like, you know, Hey, you know, I mean, you would have probably let me be on there, but but that wasn't the point you know i wasn't trying to use you as a promotion thing to to build my my thing and and i and i just I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I'm talking in circles, but, but it absolutely needs more, more unity on this. Absolutely. It's critical. Well,
0: and it resonated. And there's a reason we bring certain professionals on the podcast. We've had ones that talk about false abuse, allegations, paternity fraud. Now we've got asked Dr. Mark that you can ask him questions about co-parenting, divorce, and parental alienation. And we've tried to um, get all of those different platforms in there. So we're hitting it from every angle. And, you know, well, uh, I think dad yeah. talk, we we, we mostly yeah. are talking about parental alienation, which a lot of times is involved with divorce. But the one thing we don't have yet, Dwayne, that you do really good is you talk about dads surviving divorce. And, you know, that goes for women, too. But we need a podcast that talks about, you know, solely divorce. And I think what I'm getting to right now is some big news that we've been promising everybody. Dwayne, is dad surviving divorce coming to the Dad Talk Today Network?
1: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) We're still working out
1: the details on the times and everything, but yeah, definitely. And I, and I think it's a good fit. I mean, I think, and I think that, I mean, I think one of the things I bring to the table as, I mean, it's kind of like peer support, right? I mean, doctors talking about how to do stuff from a clinical perspective is awesome. It's phenomenal. And it's great. The problem is, is oftentimes people, when they're looking at it, they're like, okay, well, that person, you know that's the medical answer, but how is that in practice? Right. And, and part of that is like bridging the gap of like, okay, well, how do you take that, you know, the, the, the book answer and couple it with the real world issues, which we've you know, we hit a couple of those topics tonight. You know, I mean, there are times where it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, you have to have somebody you can talk to that you feel gets your story and understands, you know, you understand where they're coming from and they understand where you're coming from And there's that connection because then whenever you say that, like what we were talking about earlier, right? Whenever you say, hey, it's going to be okay, you can say, well, how is it going to be okay? It's going to be okay because these are the things you're going to go through and this is how it's going to change and this is what you're going to be able to do and this is what's going to happen on the other side, right? And then I, I mean, for me in my situation, for my channel, I mean, now I have three years of, of people who have gone through that. I mean, I've had people who've emailed me and said, hey, man, I'm, so un- I'm unsubscribing from the channel, not because I don't, um, you know, because I don't like what you did. You, you helped me and I, I'm moving on with my life, you know, and that's kind of the, that's that's the beauty of it. Right. It's like getting your life back, taking now there's two parts of this, getting your life back and being able to to take your life over and, you know, move on with a good life. I think the thing that you're doing, Eric, which is really important is how do you take that and then also couple it to where you don't just walk away and say, Hey, you know, I went through the school of hard knocks and I graduated, but it's like, how do you come back and help the people who are still going through it? You know, and I think we all have a role in different ways, you know, whether it's doing, you know, creating your own show, uh, doing something like this, or whether you're either supporting or, you know, just being an advocate uh, when you see someone else going through it to be able to say, hey, you know, hey, buddy, I know what you're going through. Here's some resources that help me. If you need an ear, I understand what you're going through and it's going to be OK. Right. I mean, I think that's that's the key. There's a different way. Everyone has a, a role that they can play to uh, to help.
0: Right. That's right. And guys, you'll be able to hear him every week, once we find out the time and the day, we will let you know. And I'm looking forward to this, Dwayne, you're going to have a lot of booping to do over here, brother. (laughs) Looking forward to it, man. (laughs) Yeah, guys. So exciting, exciting stuff. And you know, this, this is what we need. And we've actually got a few more that are going to be added to the network. The idea behind the network is to actually have content going every day of the week, constantly letting you know what's going on. If you're going through a particular problem, hopefully we've got a podcast that is dr- addressing your issue head on. And that's how we grow guys. That's, that's how we grow. And, uh, I, I, I promise you right now, I feel like big things are on the way, Dwayne. We just kicked off the first season of dad talk on TV. The network is growing. The, the movements are uniting. And, uh, I'm just glad to have you as a part of it, brother. I, I could tell right away when I'm very first met you, I was like, this is a genuine guy. And I'm going to tell you, that's hard to find nowadays. It really is. So, I do <laughs> well, you're a good it.
1: one, too, man. I'll tell you, I would have, uh, if I didn't feel it, I wouldn't have asked you on my show in the first place, you know?
0: So, that's right, um, brother. And it, it's just an exciting time, guys. So, uh, be listening out. We will let you know when that happens. I've had Dwayne for a little bit over an hour, and I know he just got home from work and everything. So, uh, we will continue this at a later date. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Eric. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, guys. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And let's welcome DSD, Dad Surviving Divorce, to the Dad Talk Today Network. We got good things coming on. Dwayne, thank you, my man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. This has been an episode of Dad Talk Today with your host, Eric Carroll. Thank you so much for being here today, Dad. It means the world to us. Join us next week as we release a brand new podcast. And until then, visit us over at www.dadtalktoday.com where you can find merchandise that helps support this podcast as well as a contact form where you can send in your questions, concerns, comments. You just need to reach out to somebody, need somebody to talk to. Send us that email, brother, if you're here, you're family. Until then, we will see you next time. Stay cool, stay dad.